Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Valley. Today we're going to be talking about NHS Digital's announcement about their new data collection system, GPDPR. As you can hear, that sounds very similar to GDPR, and the two are interlinked, but GPDPR stands for the General Practice Data for Planning and Research. But Kelly, would you like to just give a little brief explanation about what that is? For sure. So NHS Digital last month made the announcement they were going to start collecting information from GP practice systems across England for all patients. What they want to be able to do is to be able to collect this information in a pseudonymized way. And it's important that we make that clarification. So it's not genuinely anonymized information. It's pseudonymous. So the if so wished, they could re-identify the individual and that's why GDPR comes into scope in this because pseudonymization under the regulation is still classed as identifiable mm-hmm. data. What they're looking to better do is with this massive cohort of, of data is to be able to provide access to academia, to researchers, to clinicians and potentially third-party organizations such as pharmaceutical organizations. I think it's fair to say that this has caused a little bit of concern in particular the fact that patients have until later this month to be able to opt out of that. So it's a very short amount of time to do that. So I think it'd be good to highlight the benefits because there are masses of benefits. And as people that are both from NHS backgrounds, both been involved in large scale NHS data collection, I can see the power of this, but I want you to kind of sum that up so then I'll talk about the the negative could be from this. Sure. So I think it's when I read this and I can really see how it relates to the work we used to be involved in when we worked within the NHS and and Public Health England in the the power of the, the data that's available within this is through the volume and if we go as you said that the data is pseudonymized so you're not genuinely not interested in us as individuals when they're looking at that data it's not about me Regina Lally and my history it's about my history contributing to the pot of other patients who are identical to me and being understand able to understand through the volume of data what are the common characteristics so that if there's a particular presentation with a particular condition or disease they can look at maybe some contributing factors they can look at how that impact on how potentially I respond to treatment and having big cohorts of of individuals looking being analyzed and looked at together and in response to different treatments and the outcomes that they have really helps them understand the benefits of of how conditions are treated if there's any factors that contribute to a better outcome and what they might be which then if they're able to apply that then back into the the real world you can then see that impact when the next person like me presents at their GP practice the you know long-term benefits of that is that somebody will get better treatments and probably better outcomes from the fact they've presented with the same factors that I've presented with and are likely to get better outcomes for, for whatever that is and we've seen that with some of the data we collected in relation to cancer treatment and you know I think the impact there can't be sort of you know it, it can't be overstated yeah yeah absolutely and for me that's the power of it and I know that there's you know when you look at the different organizations that are listed in terms of you know obviously you've got academic clinical trials and that's part of the reason that it's remaining pseudonymized rather than being fully anonymized is that if they want to be able to give uh, nhs digital 
being specific about the they, if NHS Digital want to give access to clinical trials, they will need to be able to link up those records. And this would be based on me as a patient having given my consent to the clinical trial to be part of it, to have my data, and then that being linked back up so that the NHS Digital can then re-identify me within the GPDPR and make sure that then that full record is linked up and, and able to, to play a part in that clinical trial and, and research that's being undertaken. Obviously then like pharmaceutical companies and I know that that's probably an area that people would have concern of you know once it moves into the commercial area people rightly so have concerns about the reasons that that data is being shared the fact that companies might profit from it but I think the important thing to try and understand is that obviously you know pharmaceutical companies are constantly researching and developing new treatments for conditions that we're facing and I think you know the impact of that can truly be seen over the last year with the the rapidity of the the vaccine developments and you know that's something that is phenomenal in terms of the research and the way that that's been done but you know they're constantly looking at routine common diseases new diseases that are coming up and figuring out how they can best treat them and again being able to have access to large volumes of data to see the impact of those treatments in the real world setting compared to clinical trials, again, helps them understand where different treatments and interventions have better outcomes. And therefore, you get more value for money for the NHS for our future treatments. But, you know, I completely understand that there's that that worry about commercial gain off the back of NHS data. Part of what we have in this country is so much information that's been collected in a consistent, systematic way over a long period of time. The potential benefit for mankind is, is huge and that's one of the, the things that they're balancing here really is yeah. that you know when you're looking at our right as individuals over the data that we have and the potential impact on and benefit to, to the human race you know it has to be balanced about what's and what's appropriate and how you balance the rights of the individual against that greater good and for me I can you know they're looking to, to identify inequalities in the healthcare provision plan for the future of healthcare provision you know the NHS was is now over 75 years old you know it was founded right after the war as you know it's a very different beast and we're a very different population in this country mm. what we were when it was founded and we need to be able to plan going forward and, and data can really help that but I do think there are obviously clear risks the one thing I want to be I've, I've read their, their transparency notice on uh, digital.nhs.uk and we'll pop the link in our description of the podcast so please do go and have a look at it and understand what the plan is for your data that's being collected but they are clear there that they won't share it with marketing companies or insurance companies and I think that would be a fear that people would have that their data would be shared inappropriately with companies that don't have a need to see it and so it'd be interesting to hear more from your side what you think the risks for the data are sitting in that great big pot of yeah. information. So I think for me, the the risks and the concerns are is that the sheer size of the database itself, you know, the NHS is not exempt from data breaches and stuff and that the volume of data uh, that is stored in that and then if it was to be hacked or subject to a ransomware attack actually you've got a lot of information in there that is not just personal data it's people's health data and yes it is pseudonymized but it really wouldn't take a hacker 
a lot of time if they were actually able to get into the data to be able to misuse that information so i think that's something to be a risk there is then the transfer of the information coming extracting from the gp system whilst it is pseudonymized and they are talking about encryption there is always the risk of that transfer going from individual gp practice systems into this much bigger system and what happens if that goes wrong what happens if it ends up going in the wrong hands and what are the measures that are being put in place and certainly the nhs digital guardian was clear that they have put privacy and you know technical measures at the forefront of protecting this data but i think it would be naive of us to say that this is not going to be an interesting target for third party actors to want to try and appeal to it because in this country we have a phenomenal data collection system that allows us to have from birth all the way through to death data and that's valuable from a research perspective but it's also incredibly valuable to people who want to misuse it. I think there is then the concern about the lack of opportunity for individuals to genuinely opt out. So this announcement Mm. came out in May. You've got till the 23rd of June to print off a form and take it to your GP practice to opt out. Bear in mind, we are still in a pandemic. You know, not Mm. everybody has access to the technology to be able to do this. Not everybody has the ability to go to their GP practice. Not everybody would the GP practice be able to cope with that level of patients wanting to opt out with those forms. I've seen a number of doctors and GPs on Twitter bemoaning this now additional administrative burden that they're facing and the timing of it. Yeah, it's not a lot of time. And, you know, whilst they have stated that they have spoken to patient groups, they have had, you know, the the British Medical Association have been involved in it. They have talked to the the, the Royal Colleges. There's been a breadth of stakeholders that have been involved in this consultation. The communication piece, you know, and this is only via the news. Whereas if you, if I can take you back four or five years ago with care.data, we all got a notification through the door that said this is what's going to happen to your data and that was really overwhelming it got people really concerned about it but at least there was something you're assuming that everybody is paying attention to social media or the news but there's going to be a swathe of people that genuinely don't know this is going to be happening and may not genuinely have a choice about opting out and I think we have to consider that and their argument because I from what I've read is once your data is in the system and I don't know how accurate this is I'd need to do a bit more research in it it's in you can opt out from future data submissions but once your data your first haul of information is in there it's in there that's what it states transparency notice that it says if you opt out once your data has gone over that will stop future data being sent but previous data will remain i don't know how much right you would have with the right of erasure whether you could then specifically say actually i want these records that pertain to me to be deleted but given some of the bases that they are relying on are legal one of them is legal obligation they may well that obviously then exempts it from the the right to erasure yeah so i think for me that the biggest risk is the fact whilst you are trying to collect a population database which has many benefits how much of the population are actually aware that they are being given choice to opt out of this and then how is that opt out bear in mind we're early june now the 23rd of june is less than three weeks away and doctors are already saying well they're overwhelmed 
and at capacity. You're now asking their administrative staff to process these forms. You know, could they not have given people six months and regular reminders that this is going to happen to be able to reduce that risk? You're never going to be able to capture everybody. You're never going to be able to talk to everybody. But I think they would have had a better chance if they'd communicated this better. And I think that's their biggest failing. And I think that's something that we routinely talk about. And I remember talking about it when care dot data which was the sort of round one of trying to do this the communication around it was so poor that people didn't understand what was going to happen to their data they were worried about it and collapsed because it wasn't able you know there hadn't been that genuine engagement mm-hmm. for individuals whose data was going to be used the data subjects and i think it seems like that lesson hasn't been learned in terms of demonstrating genuine consultation and genuine attempt to try and inform people yeah. about what's happening with their data why it's of benefit, what the risks are, and then let them make the choice. That's what you need to demonstrate under GDPR. And that's where they could fall down is that kind of administrative side of the Data Protection Mm -hmm. Act that it's, you know, they haven't genuinely informed people and given them the the true opportunity to opt out in a way that's uh, that's valid. It then brings the whole thing into question. And yeah. puts them at, at risk in the same way that I think the project between the Royal Free and Google DeepMind, again, it was the same kind of thing, you know, unnecessary data was shared and the communication with individual patients was poor, which led to which led to the, the fine that the Royal Free received. I think for me, because we are fortunately running out of time, I would say to anyone, if you're not sure, read the privacy notice that uh, we're going to put into this, you know, ask questions and then make an informed decision. You have the choice. Make the choice that works best for you. I believe this is something that's going to be of value. I've got no intention at the moment of opting out because I believe in it, but that's my personal choice. So that really is an interesting conversation that we need to bring to a close, Regina. I know. It's another really interesting discussion, which I've very much enjoyed. And I think like you, you know, my my choice is to say, well, for the greater good, I'm going to leave my records in there, but very much a personal choice. We'd really love to hear your thoughts on this topic. You know, is it something you plan to opt out of? Do you want to do some more reading or do you think the benefits are significant enough to outweigh the risks? Let us know on coffee at dbxuk.com and we might share some of those thoughts in future episodes. Thanks for joining us this week and we'll be back next week with more insights into the world of data and data protection. Mm -hmm.